Thank you for watching today. I pray that the message you're about to hear will empower you to use your voice, help change the way you think, and refresh your spirit. If you'd like to follow along with Pastor's Notes, scan the QR code right here on your screen. You can also find them on our app. Today, we're continuing Going Deeper, a series on Romans 1.21. We're talking about glorifying God, or to esteem God. Esteem means to regard highly, respect, and admire. So when we esteem God, we put Him in higher regard and respect than anything else in our lives. We'll look at some biblical heroes who regarded the Word of God as a priority in their lives and how we can apply that same principle to our own lives. Let's jump into today's message, but for a moment. We're gonna jump right back into a series we started a few weeks ago. Uh, we're using Psalms 42, verse seven, as a springboard, which says, deep calls to deep. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfall. The deep in God calls to the deep in you. It's the spirit, in God, spirit of God that calls to your spirit and is calling us to go deeper. So we're talking about going deeper, going to another level with God. You know, the Bible tells us way back in Genesis chapter five that Enoch walked with God. And that's really the goal for you and for me. It's to walk with God. And it says about him that he was not because God took him. So in Romans, the first chapter, looking at the 21st verse, there are in this verse four steps that Paul identifies that take people away from God. This is what he said. Because although they knew God, they didn't glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. So if we look at the four steps that he says to take us away from God, number one, they don't glorify him as God. And we're gonna talk some more about that today. Secondly, they were not thankful. Thirdly, they become vain in their imaginations. They use their imaginations wrong. And then lastly, their foolish hearts are darkened. Now, if we take them in reverse, their steps towards God. And, and literally, they come in order. But these steps, when we take them in reverse, they draw us closer to God. So positively taking those things causes us to return to the Lord, to seek God. Number one, we glorify God. Number two, we're thankful. Number three, we recognize the power of imagination. You use your imagination correctly. And by the way, that's what we call meditation. And then fourthly, it's having a good heart. Their foolish hearts are darkened. But uh, you, you actually can cause your heart to be good or bad. In fact, Jesus said this. He said, either make the tree good and its fruit will be good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit will be bad. Now, he's talking about your heart. So you can make your heart good and you can make your heart bad. So we're, that, that's where we're headed, all right? But we're not there yet. We've got a ways to go. So we're talking about what does it mean to glorify God? Uh, it means to, to, to render esteem, right? To value, to prize, to reverence. And, and I will say this, in, in our case, 
More than anything else, it has to do with the way we esteem, reverence, and value God's word to us. God's word is the way that he reveals himself to us. So we're gonna take a look at some different uh, examples today. I'm planning on going to Abraham, Moses, David, Jesus, and Paul and talk about esteeming. But let's start with Abraham, the father of our faith. God has said to Abraham, I'm gonna make you the father of a multitude of nations. And the Bible says, Romans 4, 19, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He didn't waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Strengthened in faith. Now listen, faith is not you're trying to get God to do something. Faith is believing and acting like what God has promised is true. So we aren't talking God into something. We are, faith is always a response to what God has already said and done. But God said to Abraham, I'm gonna make you the father of many nations. You're gonna be the father of a multitude. And he's about 100 years old. And there are no blue pills. You get it, right? It says he was all, his body already dead. It was non-functioning, all right? And then Sarah, she's 90. Not working for her either, all right? But he didn't waver at the promise of God. He looked at his dead body, their bodies, and he disesteemed what he saw with his natural eyes. And he esteemed God's promise. It didn't look possible in the natural, but he didn't focus on that. He looked at that and said, no big deal. God said, this is what he was going to do. And notice, I actually have a, the ESV translation here because I think that it brings something out that the King James doesn't. It says, no unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith. He grew strong in his faith. How? Giving glory to God. He's thanking God for what God has promised. He's giving glory to God. He's esteeming God's word and his faith becomes stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. You know, when we esteem the things that are contrary to God's word, our faith becomes weak. But when we esteem God's word above the circumstances, above the situations, above what's natural, our faith becomes strong. And it says here in the 21st verse, and being fully convinced, he was fully convinced that he that, uh, that, he that had promised God, he was also able to, to perform. He was fully convinced. There was no doubt in his heart. Remember Jesus, when he talks about faith, says, and does not doubt in his heart. Abraham is fully convinced. He's giving glory to God. He's thanking God that what he said he's going to do. When we magnify the problems and the obstacles 
We are disesteeming what God says when God says something contrary. We have got to esteem what God has said. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12 to be imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. We need to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Here it gives us a beautiful example of Abraham disesteeming natural things, but esteeming God's word. So our first step in walking away from God or cooling down spiritually is when we don't glorify him. We don't give him value and worth. We we don't value what God has said. When we don't value spiritual things properly, we'll value the opinion of friends and family. We'll look at experience, at culture, at comfort, at the desires of the flesh, and we'll look at other things and esteem them more highly. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5. Now, there's a lot of talk today about spiritual warfare, and some of it is really strange. But spiritual warfare, listen, is in your mind. That's where it takes place. It's right here in your mind. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now, notice all of the things that are mentioned are things that take place in our soulless realm, in our minds. And what we need to do is we need to pull them down. We need to cast them down. We need to disesteem those things and esteem what God says. Look, Jesus did this exact thing. Look at Hebrews chapter 12. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising, other translations say, disesteeming the shame. He sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus disesteemed the shame. The thought of going to the cross of of literally, they're, they're going to be whipping him. They're going to be crucifying him. He's going to be hanging naked. He's going to be mocked. He's going to give his life and his blood for you and for me. And he, dis, he disesteemed all that. You say, why? Well, because really Jesus was not going to the cross. He was going to the resurrection. The Bible says, for the joy that was set before him, right? he disesteemed. He knew where he was going. He was looking beyond that affliction, beyond the problems, and he disesteemed it. Now, the apostle Paul did the same thing. This is what he talks about. He talks about some of the stuff that he went through. He says, in stripes above measure, being whipped, in prison more frequently, in deaths often. Of the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Uh, They would take off your your sandals and they beat the bottoms of your feet with rods until they break bones. Three times beaten with rods. Once I was stoned and left for dead. Three times I've been shipwrecked. A day and a night I've been in the deep. 
in journeys often, in perils of water, perils of robbers, perils of my own countrymen, perils of the Gentiles, perils in the city, perils in the wilderness, perils in the sea, um, perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil and sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst and fastings often, in cold and in nakedness. And this is what Paul said. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working in us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. I don't know what you're going through, but you haven't been stoned and left for dead. Prisoned for years, shipwrecked, whipped, beaten with rods. What does he call it? Our light affliction, which is but for a moment. You say, yeah, but I'm just in this stinking marriage for 30 years, but for a moment. In light of eternity, it is but for a, it's just a moment in light of eternity. It's not long. You say, yeah, you just don't know what I've been through. I've been abandoned. I've been lied about and I've been stolen from and I've been fired and I lost everything. Our light affliction, which is but for a moment is working in us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. So often we're esteeming the things of this world as being more important than the things of the kingdom of God. Jesus in, in Mark chapter four, he tells the parable of the sower and the sowing the seed of the kingdom. Jesus said it's the seed of the kingdom and it falls on different kinds of ground. And he mentioned the, the, the seed that falls in the thorns. And people are esteeming the wrong thing. He said, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desire for other things, enter in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. He said, we're not esteeming God's word. We're not esteeming the kingdom of God. He said, what can happen is we esteem riches, right? We can take, he just said other things. We can take and make anything more of a priority than the kingdom of God. The cares of this world. How many of you know stuff happens? Stuff you don't want to have happen happens. I like your, 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 your wife drives the tractor into the barn door and destroys it, you know. Stuff, just stuff. <laughs> just stuff, you know. You can get all upset about stuff and you can focus on stuff, right? But Jesus said, hey, 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 don't let the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desire for other things come in and choke the word of God. We need to esteem the kingdom, esteem the word of God above all the stuff that's going on. You say, yeah, but I've been diagnosed with cancer. Well, don't be mad at me, right? But you know, we sing about one glad morning. I'll fly away. I'm going to heaven. You know, if you really believed it, when he tells you that, you ought to hug him and give him a kiss. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I might see Jesus soon. You know? But I'm going to get healed. But just if I don't, ooh, praise the Lord. What are we esteeming? And what are we disesteeming? 
Jesus tells a story about a, a certain king who invites people to come to a feast. It's the kingdom of God, right? And they begin to make excuses when he sent for them. One said, I bought a piece of ground, so I've got to go see it. Please, let me be excused. Another said, I bought a new car, oh, five yoke of oxen. I have to go test them. I asked that I can be excused. Another said, I've married a wife, therefore I cannot come. And the servant went and told the master, and he was angry. He says, you go out and to the highways and the byways, and you find people who will come, who will prioritize. But do you know, no matter what it is, we need to seek first the kingdom of God. What are we esteeming and what are we disesteeming? The apostle Paul said this. He talks about all the, he talks about his pedigree. He talks about his religious upbringing. He talks about how religious he was. He said, he said, but the things that were gained to me, those I count as loss for Christ. Yet doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, to whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and I do count them as dung. You know what that means, right? I do count them as dung that I may win Christ. He's saying all the stuff that this world had to offer me, I consider that, I disesteem all that, right? And I'm esteeming my relationship with God. I'm esteeming the kingdom of God above all of those things. That's how we glorify God, right? We esteem our relationship with him above all other things. Uh, in Proverbs 10, verse 29, it says, the way of the Lord is strength to the upright. Do you know, every time that we go God's way, every time we esteem God's word, his way, notice it says it's strength to the upright. It strengthens you. It blesses you. It expands you spiritually. The Bible tells us to exhort one another daily. Well, it's called today, least any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin, the deceitfulness of sin. Now listen, if you sin, God does not love you any less. Got that? The devil will tell you, oh, God's mad. No, he's not. He's not mad. God does not love you less. But listen carefully, right? But you will love God less because it affects you. The Bible talks how it hardens your heart. You see, the deceitfulness of sin is this. Uh, you can do this and it won't matter. You will be exactly the same afterwards. But it does affect your heart, your heart towards God, your heart towards the things of God. Moses is another great example of how to esteem the right things and disesteem the wrong. He says, by faith, Moses, as he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Listen, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he looked to his reward. Now, so those of you who don't know what happened, Moses is born at a time when all of the, 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 the Hebrews, the Jews, 
were commanded to take their, their, their male children and throw them in the river Nile. Well, his parents make a, a little basket and put him in the basket and put it where the Pharaoh's daughter is going to go down and do her swimming. She sees the basket. They bring it to her. Moses begins to cry, and she adopts him as her son. And so he's brought up in Pharaoh's house, but he knows he's really a Jew. He's Hebrew. And when he becomes of age, he's, he's one of the royal household. You get this? All the treasures of Egypt, the wealth, the position, the fame, anything that you could have as, a, as part of the monarch's family, he disesteemed. And he said, I would rather suffer with the people of God because he looked to his reward. So he was esteeming his reward, and he was disesteeming everything that this world had to offer him. That is a great example for you and for me. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt because he looked to his reward. He knew that whatever I could receive here on earth is nothing compared to what I'm going to receive. David said this, Psalms 119. In fact, mo most Bible scholars believe that David wrote the 119th Psalm, the, the largest chapter in the Bible. He said, the law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of coins of gold and silver. The law of your mouth, your word, is better to me than thousands of coins of gold and silver. What's he doing? He's disesteeming the coins of gold and silver, financial wealth. And he said, I esteem your word. I take your word. I love your word. I place your word above financial prosperity. And David, as you know, was very, very, very wealthy. Um, this week, um, I was sitting in a restaurant with, with David Tumusimi in uh, Daniel Cabasos. And I think it was Daniel who brought up a conversation and, and he said, uh, you know, this particular minister is preaching against tithing, saying he doesn't think tithing is, is you know, for us today. He said, uh, what do you think about that? And, and I said this, I said, it doesn't really matter. I mean, I, I believe it's for today. I said, but when you understand the purpose of prosperity, when you understand the purpose of prosperity, it, it's not even a question, right? Um, and and uh, 3 John, verse 2, it says, Beloved, I wish about all things that you'd prosper, that you'd be in health, even as your soul prospers. Now, God wants you to prosper in your relationship, in your marriage, in your emotions, in your body, spiritually, in your walk with God. But he wants you to be blessed financially. Now, I know some people get upset about that, but if you understand the purpose of your being blessed financially, I hope you won't be upset. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8 says this, God is able to make it up to you, what you give. God's able to make it up to you by giving you everything you need and more so that there not only be enough for your own needs, but plenty left over to joyfully give to others. 
So God wants you blessed, so your needs are taken care of, and you have to joyfully give. Different translation says, and God can give you more blessings than you need. And you'll always have plenty of everything, and you'll have enough to give to every good work. 2 Corinthians 9, 10. For God, who gives seed to the farmer to plant, later on good crops to harvest and eat, will give you more and more seed to plant and will make it grow so you can give away. Everybody say, give away. More and more. How much? More and more. How much? More and more. See, yeah, but I'm real blessed. Yeah, that's not just for you. So you're supposed to give away more and more, more and more. Well, well, why? Why do we do that? Well, it actually goes back way back to Abraham again. You know, if you be Christ, you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Genesis chapter 12, God says to Abraham, he said, I will bless you and I will, you will be a blessing. What are you going to be? A blessing. Right? God's going to bless you so you can what? Be a blessing. Listen to Deuteronomy 8.18. And you shall remember the Lord your God. For it is he who gives you the power, the ideas, the giftedness, the ingenuity, the connections to get wealth that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, even as it is this day. Right? So God wants you to be blessed. Why? To establish his covenant, which is you will be blessed and you will be a, a blessing. So when the money comes through, there's one hand to receive and there's one to give. And as the money goes through, there's plenty for you. But God wants you to be blessed to be a, a blessing. God wants you to be a blessing. So, so I, I was sitting there with those guys and I said, so does it really matter, that tithing thing? I said, to me, it doesn't matter. I said, because God wants you to give away more and more and more. And the reason he blesses you is so you can be a blessing. And David said, I esteem your word more than thousands of coins of gold and silver. When we esteem the kingdom of God more than we esteem thousands of coins or stocks or whatever it is, when we esteem him more, all right, we're going to be blessed and we're to bless, be blessed to be a, a blessing, be a blessing. And you say, well, did David do that? David at one time gave $3 billion in today's currency in an offering. Three, B, 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 billion. Yeah, he got it. He got it. God doesn't just bless us so we can be blessed. He blesses us so we can be a blessing. So listen, every time something comes into your hand, there is a part of what came into your hand that it is not for you, right? There's part of it is for you can be a blessing. Proverbs 11, verse 24, one man gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers one. 
You see, there's a part, when, when, when anything comes into your hand, there's a part of that that's for you. So you will be blessed. But there's a part of it that's supposed to leave your hand. So you can be a blessing, right? And then as God blesses you more, the Bible says he blesses us more. Why? So we can give more and more, more and more. So it's to, to me, the whole, is it, is it important to tithe? I think it is. I think that's a place to start, right? That's what I believe. But man, that should not be our finish line. That shouldn't be our finish line. When God blesses us, he blesses us so we can keep on sowing. So what do we esteem more? We esteem his word more. That's what David said. We esteem the kingdom more because we're seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And when we esteem the right things, we esteem God, we esteem his kingdom, we esteem his word, we move closer to God. We move closer to God. But when we disesteem, the things that we should esteem, right? We move away from God. See, I want to thank you for being with us today, but I want to ask you a question. I want to ask if you're right with God. Some of you, you're away from the Lord. At one time, you lived for him. Others, you don't know where you stand with God. But the Bible says this. It says, know that you have everlasting life. We're not supposed to die and find out if we're right with God. We're supposed to know today, right now, that you're forgiven and right with God. And if you don't know, I want to invite you to pray this prayer. Or you're away from God. and You say, I want to get right with God. I want you to repeat these words with me. Just say, from your heart, just say this. Say, oh God, I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins. And I believe he rose again. And I give him all of my heart and all of my life. I'm going to live for him every day. Jesus is my King. Jesus is my Lord. I thank you I'm forgiven, a part of your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer from your heart, you really are right with God. You're forgiven. You're on your way to heaven. Now, I wrote a book, and I want you to have a free copy of that book. You can download that book. Information is right there on your screen. Or you can contact us, and we'll get you a hard copy. We love you, and God bless you. If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Dwayne, you are making one of the best decisions of your life. We are so excited for you. Just as Pastor said, we'd love to send you a free copy of his book, Your New Life. Log on to walkingbyfaith.tv and have it mailed to you. Download it right there instantly, or you can find it on our app. It's absolutely free and a great resource for you to have. Walking by Faith is changing lives all around the world with the truth of God's Word. When you choose to sow a seed into the kingdom of God, that money might leave your hand, but the blessing that comes from it will stay with you for eternity. If you'd like to become a partner with us, we have three easy ways that you can give. One, text WBFGIVE to 1-888-364-GIVE. Two, visit walkingbyfaith.tv give. And three, click on the giving icon in our app. We'd love to connect with you. Here at Walking by Faith, we believe in the power of prayer. We have people standing by ready to pray with you. Scan the code on your screen to send us a prayer request or visit walkingbyfaith.tv to chat with someone today. I pray you're reminded throughout this week that the cares of this world are but for a moment when compared to eternity with Jesus. Have an amazing week.